Thanks to this episode's sponsor, LLC TLC. They are just doing an incredible job saving you money on your registration. Be sure to register your vehicles, airplanes, boats, street legal side-by-sides, and trailers to your own Montana LLC, and you will pay $0 in sales tax. So go to LLCTLC.com for more information. Hey, it's Greg Stanley with the Collector Car Podcast. I'm uh, at the Blue Wire Studio in Las Vegas at the Wynn and reviewing some of the cool cars from the Las Vegas Concord Elegance, as well as some fun questions with my guest today, Bruce Meyer. Bruce, how you doing, buddy? Just great. Great to be here, and uh, <laughs> it's a terrific weekend in Las Vegas. It really has been. It's been absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you're a previous podcast guest, and what I remember about our last discussion is I could have talked to you for like three hours. Like, there was no problem coming up with questions or back and forth. You know, it was just loving the automotive hobby and sharing it. So I appreciate you being back on the podcast. It's my pleasure. And, and the best part about the automotive hobby are the people. It really is. That's what brings you back, you know, and, and it's been the driving force for me, you know, through the Peterson and the checkered flag 200 and so forth. Yeah. It's just a great group of folks that are very welcoming. And, um, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but recently I've had, um, some exposure to the art world and a little bit to the horse world. Okay. And, and those are both passions that it matters what you have. Right. Right. In the car world, it matters not. You're right. Yep. It doesn't matter if you have a vintage truck or you're the guy that drove the, the, the rig in that brought the cars or you just like trucks. I mean, you know, you're all, everybody's welcome and everybody's treated the same. There's no, hierarchy you're so true that's so true because just think about a ferrari gto you know you could walk up to the owner of one of the most expensive cars in the world or it could be a 65 mustang you know and you're probably or a pontiac going, gto or a pontiac gto <laughs> and you're, you're probably gonna have the same conversation right you know absolutely yeah. yeah it's it's kind of a mutant gene you know that it's in you or it's not and and uh i have three children and it definitely took on one of them and I mean, I grew up with that mutant gene, and, and my parents did everything, everything possible to, uh, you know, keep me focused on what they think or where they thought were the most important things in life. And I just, all I could think about was hot rods and drag racing and doing stupid stuff. Well, I, I think it worked out pretty well for you, though, right? You know, I, I, I have to pinch myself. Yeah, it. it the car world has worked out for me, and I, I, I've just been blessed. I had great parents. I would never be here today without my parents. I saw a cartoon the other day that said, well, I don't even want to say it, but it was like. I got to hear the cartoon okay, now. Okay. <laughs> I can show you the cartoon, but it's a great, it's a great picture of, a, of, like, of like a six-year-old smoking a cigar, saying something to the effect that, you know, without guidance, he'd be uh, turning wrenches, um, you know, driving fast cars and chasing hookers, you know, or right. something like that. And he's just this is a little kid with a big cigar in his mouth. So I don't think I'd have been chasing the hookers. I've been married for 53 years, but <laughs> turning wrenches and, you know, doing the other, you know, that's, not, that's it. Parts of misbehaving in the car. I'd be right there. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. And I wanted to, I'm going to ask you eight questions in a bit for our automotive and for our personal. So kind of mixing it up a little bit, get our, listeners to learn even more about Bruce. 
Uh, but before I do that, tell us about the Las Vegas Concours, your involvement, and then one or two or three or whatever of your favorite cars from the show field yesterday. Sure. Well, first of all, the win. Yes. I mean, come on. Yep. Five star, over 4,000 rooms. Service that you only get in the small boutique hotels in the world. You know, the peninsulas or, you know, whatever the, the five-star hotels are. I mean, the place is spotlessly clean. Yep. Every single person from the bathroom monitor, yep. I want to say janitor, because, but yep. to, to the person that's, you know, taking your bags, to reception, concierge, they're all so polite yep. and so respectful. That's so helpful. Yep. Really great. So when you start with a property like this, you know, you can only screw it up. <laughs> and, and this is the second year, as far as I know, here. I was here the first year. They asked if I would come. Steve Whiteman, who's president of the WIND, and Polly Friedman, who's running the Concord, asked if I would come and just observe last year's event. Mm-hmm. And, and it was nice. But it, it, I'm, I'm, you know, I produce a car show on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. And I'm, I'm not a fan of judged shows. Right. There's only one judged show in the world, in my opinion, that's worthy, and that's Pebble Beach. Right. Because yep. they really have knowledgeable judges, really at the highest level. Right. Beyond that, you know, like Bill Warner produced the Amelia Island, which I love. And, you know, when you went there, you knew the guy wasn't going to tell you he had the wrong hose clamps, you know. Right. Because it was more of beauty contest and history and racing, which checks every box for me. Sure, yeah. So um, the, the first and last year here at the Win, they had brought in judges. And I'm going to offend a lot of people who got comped last year. Right, right. But um, I said, you just got to. Get rid of those, you know, not rid of those judges, but judging. Okay. Because yep. unless you unless you have the best in the world, you're you're just going to offend people. Right. Right. So, I was very involved in the quail with Gordon McCall and the founding of that. I do the show on Rodeo Drive. None of those are really judged shows. Now it's my understanding that the show yesterday the. Uh, participants in each class like judge the cars within their class is that correct? they they didn't judge they okay. selected their favorite selected their favorite okay but it was within the folks that were showing correct okay yeah which is nice and you cannot vote for your own okay okay yep and 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 that generally works unless you have like somebody out there you know working the circle of cars saying you know don't you think ours is the best or the worthy that doesn't really happen but it could happen. Right. It's, it's, it is, that could be the flaw. But overall, the people generally pick the best, you know, when they should. So you don't need judges for that. You do kind of need oversight when you're giving special awards. Mm-hmm. And they gave a lot of special awards yesterday. And they gave one to Philip Seraphim, who is worthy of praise, a delightful man. Do you know Philip? I don't know him personally, no. Well, he's on the board of the Peterson. Uh, I've gotten to know Philip over the last, maybe, I'm going to say, you know, I'd probably say five years. My wife would say, oh, my God, it's been 10. Because <laughs> when you're my age, <coughs> you know, it's hard to pin down a time. But he's sure. a terrific guy. 
enormously generous, and and he was awarded the Spirit of the Hobby Award, I believe. I forget exactly what they called it, but he sure. is worthy of that. They also had a special award for Peter Mullen mm-hmm. that they awarded to Merle, who's out there, you know, flying the Mullen collection flag. So they gave a few special awards. They gave the Shelby Award and so forth. Right. And and that's what we do on Rodeo Drive. So I I think what from a participant's point of view, the only thing that could spoil the show would be your expectations. <laughs> and and if you go with high expectations, and you could have a car worthy of high expectations. Right. Yeah. There's a chance you're going to be disappointed. Right. It's right. when you go you know, just to have a good time and be honored to be there and share your car, that that's when good things happen. That's just in my history. But um, so I don't know where we were with this. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great overview, and I love your perspective. I yeah. had no idea that you were that involved with kind of crafting it this year versus previous years, kind of taking all your expertise over the decades in the automotive hobby and, you know, kind of be a consultant, say, hey, here's how you take it to the next level. And I think that was obviously apparent this year. I interviewed Stuart last year, and he's like, hey, we put this together in five months. You know, imagine if we had a year, and I could see the progression of improvement. And uh, just the, the cars were outstanding. The layout was outstanding. It had plenty of room to walk around. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, speaking of the cars, what were one or two of your favorites, you know, from yesterday? Well, um, I had a I had a favorite out there that uh, I can, I can hi- historically favorite. can I guess yeah the uh, Mormon meteor that was that's yeah okay that the Mormon meteor you're right that is a favorite but I had another favorite that you wouldn't probably guess and that was the Troutman Barnes car I would not have guessed that. no it's not an attractive car <laughs> yeah and you know the funny thing is um, the guiding light of my I don't like to call it a collection. My accumulation of 50 years of whatever I do is that it has to be really good looking. And it could be as famous as can be, but if, unless it's good looking in my eye, right? I just don't, I just can't get into it. This car is not good looking, <laughs> <laughs> but it is so historic. Yeah. And the owner, Mike Sheehan, I think it's Mike Sheehan, um, has owned it 60 years. The owner before him was a fellow named Jimmy Fluger, who really uh, pioneered racing in Hawaii. Mm. And the car's been in Hawaii. It's kept in Hawaii. And it's called the Troutman Barn Special. And the car is, I, the car has, is very historic. Troutman and Barnes are well-known uh, uh, pair of craftsmen. They built that car, and it was driven by Chuck Day and Ken Miles, and mm. it was driven to victory almost everywhere it went. It was just, it kind of looked like a home-built lump, you know? Yeah. But it was, but it was really very sophisticated. The, the, if I had to say I had one car that resonates with me, my favorite of ever, all time, is the Scarab. Oh, yes. Yep. Lance Reventlow put that Scarab together. And, and the shop that he developed was the, really the Troutman and Barnes. In other words, they built, the Troutman and Barnes built this special, and then along came Lance Reventlow and took over the shop and a lot of the people. Okay. I think Phil Remington was involved in it. Wow, okay. So, I mean, it was, it, it's, a, it's a worthy car. That was out there. It won the Carroll Shelby Award. 
And kudos to Aaron Shelby, because he made the selection, I believe. Oh, right. You yeah. know, he, he, there were some Shelby cars out there that he could have. Yeah, there were some very nice ones. Some very unusual nice ones. ones. Right. And he could have selected that. But to me, that shows his depth of understanding of what that, the, the, the roots of the. Yeah, and there was a Shelby De Tomaso that I just thought was such a gorgeous car. And I never, apparently one one never seen one before. That's why. Yeah. But it was absolutely stunning. Well, they, they celebrated Pete Brock. You know, he's a local here. Yeah. Yep. And he's worthy of celebration. Yeah. And he brought some of the cars that he, he designed. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I was walking towards the car and Pete was walking the cars and Pete was walking this way. So it's just a snapshot I need to remember. You know, it's just a, a cool moment yesterday. So, pretty cool. Oh, very, very cool. So that that you know, I mean, to me, that was one of the more important cars, and I'm glad it was celebrated. You know, best of show, the Mormon Meteor. Come on. Yeah. You know that car is so rich in history. It's American. It's a Duesenberg. Yeah. Walk the walk. You know. Right. Right. And and Harry Yeager, the owner. Yeah. You know, there's another real quiet guy. Yeah. You'd never find Harry in a crowd. You know, he just blends in. Yep. And yep. he's, you know, he, he has his egos in check. Yep. He has fabulous cars. Unbelievable cars. Yeah. And he, and he you know, he's, he's very strategic. I mean, you, you know, some people you just think, well, that guy's just lucky, you know. No. <laughs> Harry's smart. Yep. You know, he has picked the right cars. And um, his collection, you know, he's got a GTO in it. Yep. Ferrari Testarossa and a Grand Sport Corvette and a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So he's been very – so I'm happy for Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then the, the, the next best to show is uh, Jeff Meyer's uh, Mura. Oh, yeah. You know, there's kind of a Mura wave going on right now. Yeah. You know, thanks to Simon Kitson, a few people. Yep. Of the Mura owners. You know, I mean, that car could be the first real supercar. Yes. Yep. I mean, I like to think the Gullwing is, but because it was pretty, you know, state of the art. Yep. Fifty-five. But um, the Mirror is hard to beat. It's interesting you say that because I, you know, I hear both ways. I hear the the Gullwing, and then I hear the Mirror. You could, you know, to me, the Mirror was designed almost as a supercar. I don't know that the Gullwing was designed necessarily because it didn't exist at the time, right? But the Mirror is so outrageous. You know, it's just uh, both are such incredible cars. I think you're exactly right. Exactly wow. right. All right. You know, I, I think this. the going, there were people that drove the going every day. It was, it was their, their daily. Yep. I don't know a lot of people that had a mirror that way, but you, it was so extreme in the period. And Lamborghini's been great. I mean, between the mirror and the, you know, the Periscopo and the, uh, all, their whole lineup have been aspirational yeah. for young people. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think the Mira, the Mira is a supercar, probably the first real supercar. I, w I would vote, give that my vote. Well, like I said before, I could talk to you forever. I have eight questions to get to. Okay, is there anything else you wanted to talk about the Concorde or, or cars? Well, the only thing I would say about the Concorde, a couple things. Yeah, um, Justin Bell. Oh yeah, what a good guy. <laughs> guy, what a, what a perfect guy for the voice of the Concorde. Yes, agreed. And he's such a swell person. I've known Justin a long time. So I think that was a really good choice. And, and, and afterwards, they had a, a bit of a download, you know, with Steve and Paulie and a few others. And I think we've come up with a, just a few suggestions that might improve it for next year. But with the 
energy of, of the wind behind it. This can only get better. Yeah, the wind is incredible. It's first class the whole way. Every single aspect of the Concorde is A++. You know, it's like, it's unbelievable. Everything from the marketing to ad campaign to the layout to the, the food. I mean, it's just, it's just an unbelievable event. I think, I think next year that it will be closer to SEMA. Mm. I think it's more a SEMA crowd than an F1 crowd. Mm-hmm. And F1 isn't for another week. I think in their, you know, overall thinking, they're thinking we're going to make this a whole F1 week, but there's not much to do between this week and next weekend. Sure, right. Yep. I, that's just my guess. Yep. Because I think this is a draw on its own, and I think with the wind behind it, it can only get better and better and better and better. I agree with you. And it's not a bad place to hang out. No, it's Lots not. Lots going on. I don't think I've eaten this much in the last four days. I mean, wow, Delilah's. And, yeah, that's uh, awesome. And we went to the Sphere, too. I haven't gone yet. We've been trying to get there. Was it good? Um, yeah. But, you know, it was, I mean, first of all, I like the Sphere, but... What I like best about the sphere is the outside. Yeah, okay. You know, it's part of this Las Vegas skyline. Right, right. And that thing, you know, they had, they turned it into the Great Pumpkin, you know, around the, yeah, uh, yeah. Halloween time. Uh, I just think they do a great job. I, I, like, I like what it added to the skyline. The interior is pretty exceptional. Uh, we did not see you 2 We saw a film, Postcards from Earth or something like that. Yep. And I, it, it resembles a ride at Disneyland at California Experience or whatever they call that when you're kind of cruising over California. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it resembled that, but not as good. It's funny because yesterday there was a moment when it had the, the big white like smiley face looking around, and it was looking down on the Concorde like, as if it was looking at all the different cars. And the yellow smiley Yellow face. smiley face, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The happy face. The happy face. And it looked like it was looking at all the cars on the show field. So I kept on trying to get a picture of that. I got moment. it. If you need it. Oh, okay. I, got it. It. Right. I agree with you. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, oh, yeah. Let's get to our questions. All let's, right. We could go down the rabbit trail here. All right. So four personal, four uh, car related. And I know this answer, but not everybody might. But what was your first car? So what do you have on your list? <laughs> my first, my first, so I, my, the first car that I. Was it a Gullwing? Oh, my first old, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy in 64. Your first car you bought with your own money. Okay. Well, uh, there's two answers to that. Okay. okay. Yep. When I went off to college, my dad gave me money for tuition, and um, I had to earn the rest. And, you know, the food and all that other stuff that goes with <laughs> college. Uh, party money. Um but I, when I went through orientation, there was a line there for school loans, you know, uh, whatever they call it, uh, student loans. Yep. And, and student loans are, are, if you play it right, they're interest-free as long as you pay it back on time, at least in my gen. Right. So my dad had given me money for tuition, and I just thought I could take money for nothing. As long as I paid it back, I can do that. <laughs> so I went and I bought a 50 Mercury. Oh. So that was really the with, with money that I kind of, Figured out how to use. And then, of course, first thing I do is torch the springs and put it on the ground. I, everything I have is on the ground. Yeah. Everything. My Suburban, I hate to say I have a Tesla, but everything, everything, first thing I do is put everything on the ground. I'm just, that's that 
hot rod around me. Anyway, so that was the first car, the 50 Mercury. But the really, the real first car for me that I really saved up and bought was a Porsche. Okay. Yep. In 1960. Is this a Speedster? No, it was a coupe. Okay. Uh, they didn't make a Speedster in 60. Okay. But it could have been a Speedster because they made them in 58. But I bought a new car. Okay. Yep. So my father said, if you save your money, I will, I will pay half of your first car. And at that time, in like 59, 60, I was thinking Biscayne, you know, like the cheap model Chevy with a big-ass motor and a four-speed, right? <laughs> so so uh, I knew my dad would relate to the Biscayne. That, that is the bottom of the line for Chevy. You know, right. it's not a bell. It is really down there. And so, you know, he would think, boy, the boy's showing some, you know, like, Whatever, you know, he's saving his money, but he's buying the cheap Chevy. But, but he couldn't relate to the big engine that I had planned for the car. Yeah. So anyways, I went through the whole drill. It was $2,400. Big, you know, four-speed, everything I wanted on it. And then uh, I'd seen these little Porsche cars. I, I, I went to, like, the races. I love sports car races. I was very – but drag racing and, you know, misbehaving on the street was probably my, my – <laughs> Sport of choice. Right. So that's why I went for the Chevy. But then I started thinking that maybe maybe this little Porsche thing has something to it. I went up to the Porsche agency in Hollywood. John von Neumann was the... Yes, yep. And, and I found I could get a Porsche for $2,700. So I went back to my dad. I said, I'm going with a compact car. Oh, there you go. Very compact. Very compact. Yeah. And 60 horsepower. He thought I had seen the light. Okay. So, so it, was, it was a compact car, 60 horsepower. And it was $2,700 with European delivery. Oh, okay. So I was telling him that I think I should get out and kind of see the world and take a little semester off school. And he, he just went for it all. I mean, he thought my intent, and my, you know, my intentions were car related. Right, know, right. Which my family realizes now just about everything I do is, has some, <laughs> they just have to find the, the hidden car right. um, element. So anyways, I bought the Porsche. That was my first car in 1960, and it was $2,700. I, I didn't even get it with a radio. I mean, I got it with nothing. Nothing. Uh, other than Signal Red, which was like $12 extra. I mean, back then, $2,700 could buy you an entire car with chrome wheels. I'm surprised they actually charged extra for a color back then. Yeah, but it was minor. Yeah, minor. Signal Red. Right. But now, like, the radio upgrade is $2,700. Right, right. It's just... <laughs> crazy so that was my first car and that really kind of got me down the road of, of sports cars yeah i could see why you know and and i and i liked the car and back then it was a club you know you'd flash your lights at everybody it was like you know you know, if you had a chevy it didn't matter but if right. you had a porsche right. you were kind of like yeah secret you know, handshake kind of thing yeah, yeah right oh that's awesome all right so personal question what is your favorite family memory i know that's a tough one if you need a moment, we could always... Okay, no, you know what? It, I, I, I don't know why this just popped into my mind. I got a good one for you. Okay. Because this goes back to um, finding the secret car element in my plans, okay? Okay. So my dad had died. I was going to Chicago. For, I was in the mail order business. They had a mail order convention in Chicago. So I invited my family to come back and meet me in Chicago. We were going to get a van... And we were going to drive through Michigan because I, I used to, I work in Michigan. Okay. And, and then we were going to go to Niagara Falls. And I invited my mother, who was recently widowed, 
to join us. My mother was the powerhouse in our family. Okay. And I am my mom, okay? <laughs> and and so um, she just thought that was just lovely, you know, and we're going to do this cultural tour. through. Of course, for me, I wanted to go back to the Henry Ford Museum because <laughs> I'd never been there. So you're driving by like, oh, look, look what's over here. Let's take a turn. I, those are my words. <laughs> I, God is my witness. I'm, I, we're driving along. Now, I know exactly when I, I'm going to come up with that. So we're like going through Detroit. Now, I worked in Jackson, Michigan. So we're going, we visited you know, Jackson. We're going through Detroit. I'm going, you know what? There's a museum here, the Henry Ford Museum. I always wanted to, just like you said. I, I thought the family was going to mutiny. Not more my mom. She, this is not a car trip. This is a family trip. And she was like right out there. So I, I'm driving. I'm hosting. We're going. So I, I said, let's just go for lunch. You know, we, it was around 1130 or so. I said, well, go. I, just give me an hour in there. I mean, I can go through any museum in an yeah, hour, you know. Right. So we get there at 1130, whatever. We all bail out. You know, my, my, the family was just fine with it. My mom was just, like, not fine with it. At 5 o'clock that night, we could not get my mother out of there. Awesome. That is my – I'm on the board of the Henry Ford Museum, not because I need a board position. Right. But because, for my mom. Oh, wow. so, so the Henry Ford Museum is not a car museum. Have you been? Yes, actually, last year. It's not a car museum. No, it's got everything. It's got everything. Yep. It's the Museum of Innovation. It's a marvelous museum. It is. I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, and Henry, you know, bought the stuff when it was new, you know, the right. washing machine. My mother was from West Virginia. And we always used to kid her she grew up without shoes and all this. But <laughs> truth is, she didn't have a lot of luxuries. Right. And she would, got into the, she said, oh, you've got to come look at this early washing machine. This is what we had in West Virginia. You know, it was like a, a tumbler or something, you know, and a ringer. And it was stuff. And she said, and, come, and she they, they had china and silver and crystal, you know, like from important, you know, which my mom loved. I mean, at 5 o'clock, she was not ready to go. That's awesome. Isn't that amazing? That will stay with me the rest of my life. I mean, I could cry right now thinking of my mom and, and the Henry yeah, Ford Museum. It was so special. That's awesome. It's not an automotive event, but it is an automotive event. But Automotive so got you there. It right? got me 100%. And yeah. – and, um, so now, I mean, the family's pretty well knows if I'm not going to Las Vegas to, you know. Gamble. Gamble. Right. That's right. <laughs> There's something going on there. So my fa the family just knows. And what's interesting is, getting back to the car hobby, um, it's the people. Now, I, from birth, have loved the car hobby and the, and the car people. And, and when I would go somewhere, the the family, oh, he's going to a car event. You know, it was like, it wasn't like, oh, have fun at the car event. It's like, oh, you're going to a car event. Right, so, right. So I've grown up with that, and I've gotten over it. You know? <laughs> but the funny thing is now, when they need medical attention or they want to know somebody somewhere, it's the car people. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of the best doctors and hospitals are, are we, you know, the head of Children's Hospital Paul Viviano, the number one guy, is a complete Porsche guy. Right. Yeah. Ron Busatel, head of UCLA, complete car guy. Right. If if I need something, I call those guys, and they're right there. They the, the car. I think if you talk to car guys, if if I don't care what their profession is, if they have like 
incoming calls and there's a car call, they take that first. You know, <laughs> that's the priority. It's, the car it's a call. priority thing. So, so I, I, you know, so my family now realizes that that car thing has been pretty good to us. Yeah, and we've met some unbelievable people. Rob Walton. I mean, you know who? Who? I mean, come on. I mean, what a what an amazing guy. I would never know Rob without yeah. car things. And he has quite a collection, as I'm sure. I've heard. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty special. Well, I wouldn't know you without the car thing. So, you know, it works out great. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I've just met the nicest people, including you. Oh, well, I appreciate and, that. And very much including you. <laughs> and Our- your wife who's sitting across here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Car question. This is. You've probably had this one before, but if you could only have one car for everything, what would it be? Well, that wouldn't be my favorite favorite. That's fine. Yeah, it's got to do everything. I think if I had one car, it would be a Porsche RS, Mm. 73 RS. But truthfully, it would be a 993, Turbo 993, which is like a 96, 97 Porsche Turbo. A beautiful whale tail. To me, that, yeah, that car does everything. And it's got air. You know, I've gotten kind of into the Bluetooth. I like that. And some of the nav thing, I can't find my way around without. So it doesn't have that. So I will miss that. But if I, had, if I just had one car, I think it would probably be a 993 Turbo. It's quick, yep. entertaining, smooth, beautiful, no lag. Yeah. But as far as like really fun driving, uh, it's probably a 73 RS. I just like small. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. What's one of the best gifts you've ever received? doesn't have to be a car gift. Gift of friendship. Oh, okay. Through the car hobby. Yeah. Well, that's huge. I mean, just think of all the people. It's beyond huge. Yeah. When I look at the friends, that's the greatest gift. You know, I have, I have brokered more cars than a lot of brokers. Right. High dollar cars. I've never taken a penny, ever. And I'm proud of it. You, mm-hmm. you can't buy my that kind of stuff and what it does is gotten me great friendships right. and people realize that i'm not in it for the money there's no i don't want to sound so cavalier but i'm very happy with my lifestyle if i had twice the money i had i wouldn't change my lifestyle wouldn't right. change my friends but um the gift of friendship i think is probably the coolest thing going that's awesome no that's really good you're uh making me tear up now all right i know you're a music guy so what's one of your favorite songs band or type of music Hmm. well um you know i like billy gibbons okay okay so i've got billy gibbons um jeff beck yeah who passed Mm -hmm. was a really good friend and and uh i've been to his home in the uk he's been to my house he's driven my cars yep you know, I don't, I mean, he, he is next level guitar player. Yeah. It's not like I don't, wouldn't sit and listen to Jeff Beck music when I drive. Right. But I would sit and listen to Billy Gibbons, you know, LaGrange. I could just play that on a reel and spend my life <laughs> doing that. Um, so I like Billy Gibbons. Um, as far as just like music in the background, I like the Eagles. I'm kind of old school. Yeah. I still like, um, uh, I mean, I like the Traveling Wilburys, a little group. <laughs> yeah. So I, I put that radio on. Is that Roy Orbison? And Cat, and Roy Orbison. And uh, it was Eddie. Yeah, yeah. 
and I, and Petty, I listen to Petty Radio. Okay. And, and also um, another one that I listen to, Eagles. Yeah. Did I say the Eagles? You said Eagles. Okay. Yeah. There's another one out there. But anyways, I'm old school. That's good. No, that's all good stuff. Yeah. All right. Now, we talked about this one briefly before this, uh, and you couldn't think of one, but what is your most embarrassing automotive moment? There has to be something, because you're at all these events. Did you walk out of a bathroom with toilet paper stuck to your heel? Anything <laughs> crazy? <laughs> the visual. Okay, so uh, I was trying to think, this is tough, but there is one that kind of comes to mind. Okay. And, and you have to kind of know about Duesenberg's. Okay, yep. But, but when, when, when to start at Duesenberg, the, the starter is a pull yep. on the dash, and it's connected to an arm that's connected to something, you know. And so when you start at Duesenberg, you pull on that. So you've got these, like, two pulls on your dash. One is a choke, and the other is the starter. I'm at Pebble Beach. <laughs> you know where this is going, right? So I pull on the choke, and, and I'm pulling, and I pull that thing right out of the – Right out of, I mean, oh, no. because I'm thinking I have to, I mean, this is ridiculous. You're not pulling hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the stupidest thing. I mean, I, there's probably a bunch of them. That just comes to mind. I just remember pulling the choke right out of the dash oh. at Pebble Beach. That was not a fun deal. That's um, a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I've got to think there's some embarrassing moments when I was trying to impress somebody and I scared the shit out of myself, you know. <laughs> I, I remember, I mean, you, you know, you've seen, I mean, it's happened to the best. Yeah. You know, when, when I was younger, I mean, pay, taking people for joy rides was, you did that. Yeah. I would never do that now. Right. Ever. Yeah. Cause the, first of all, you're going to scare yourself and you're going to do something stupid and it, and it defeats the purpose. Right. You know? So I remember I had a friend, I was trying to think of, it was a car that I really wanted to ride in and he took me for a ride and he was just like, drove it like, I kept saying, get on it. You know, I'm thinking to myself, show me what it'll do. And he was so adult, you know, he just, so I experienced the car and I got out of the car and I thanked him. And I thought, you know, that actually was better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 in a, one of my favorite cars is a Cobra. Yeah. You got a great one. I do have, I'm, I don't know how that happened, but I just got it. But you can embarrass yourself real bad in a Cobra. Also in a 935 Porsche, when you get too much horsepower and you accelerate, you've got to be going laser straight. Yeah. Because if you're not, it's going to do something unexpected. And, I mean, I know in my Cobra I've done that. You know, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And, and you see those reels of people leaving cars and coffee and they stand on it. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. It always ends badly. You go into the hedges and up the curb and yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky, you don't hit anybody. But... That's that's the kind of thing I would have done in my Ute. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's flip it, and this, this is our last question for you. So, let's flip that. What is uh, your proudest automotive moment? I know there's there's a lot, but what's your proudest? Um, being here. No, stop lying. No, I mean that. It, what I mean is, I, mean, I guess I meant the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I I I I. Okay, so I mean, I could think of a moment that. Made me very proud, but but I think like the proudest part of my automotive world is just being considered, you know, um, a good person, and and with some cars that are meaningful. Hmm. And if somebody would have said that to me when I was growing up, 
I would not know how that could ever happen. Right. Yeah. So I guess I guess, you know, just being here and and having people say hi that you don't even know, and and thanking you for what you brought to the hobby. I I I've worked very hard with hot rodding. Yeah. Because I, I, hot rodding was like forbidden fruit for me. I say you're. Never too old to have a happy childhood. That's me. So I'm enjoying that. I had a hot rod on the field yesterday. Yep. And we're doing this parade for the Formula One cars. I'll, I'll, I'll be driving my hot rod. But um, so I, the, the, whole, the whole, my whole life has exceeded whatever. I never had any big expect, aspirations or expectations. But I was, I, I, the car hobby and the friendships and the few cars that I have now have have uh, brought me the most happiness. Is that was the question? I don't know where I'm going with the this. proudest automobile. That is the proudest. That yeah, is that's created the pride. No, that's perfect. That's, yeah, that's great. And of course, winning you know, winning something at Pebble Beach is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so I've I've been really lucky there. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's great, and I I appreciate you you know being on the Collective Car Podcast today because you're a returning guest, so that means the first time you must have enjoyed it. So I appreciate that. You know what? You make it easy. Good. And you make it fun. I'm looking right at your smiling face. You know, it's not like it's put on. I mean, you're just, you're a happy guy. I can tell. I'm a happy car guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Lot, lot and so am I. We, so we have that in common, too. We do have that in common, too. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's do it again. All right. Thanks, Bruce, so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me in. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.